The last thing I want to do is to hurt you. But it's on the list. Schmackamagobbin, thank you for listening to the Vieira Vault. And double thank you if you heard last week, because it was part one of the Bloors the Cult discography discussion with Will Carroll of Death Angel, and everybody loves when he's on. And uh, I do too. He's an awesome, awesome guest. And, uh, you know, I, I consider him like a co-host here and there, you know, which is awesome. And uh, we are talking about the Blue Oyster Cult discography, and we left off. The uh, last thing we talked about was Agents of Fortune. This is a very long discussion. There will be a part three, possibly even a part four. I'll, I'll figure it out once I edit part three. But anyway, let's get into it. Here's where we go into Spectres. But all right, so we'll go into the next one with the Spectres, where I like this one more than Agents, but it has more of the Agents vibe in the black and white period. But I really dig this album. What do you think? Uh, you know, uh, for a a hot minute there, it was my favorite BOC album. Um, yeah, it's definitely in my top, top five. It's not my top three. I really dig this album and I agree. It's, it's like a, a a sister album to Agents of Fortune. It's definitely going on the same, going on the same path, but, um, great album cover. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, the opener Godzilla, another song I've heard. Uh, a bazillion times in my life, but I never get sick of this song. I never do. Right. Uh, I I think it's a great opener, and uh, and this is a, it's a brilliant, brilliant song title and brilliant lyrics. Like, I mean, it, that's just so metal singing about Godzilla, and they they were they were brilliant for 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 coming up with that. I I think it's great. Oh, I think it's a stone cold classic, you know. Yeah. And like to me, to me, like no fear of the reaper. This never gets old. You know, such, you know, killer, killer, killer riff. And, uh, you know, perfect lyrics for, like, a classic movie monster. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I, I again, I was watching an interview with Eric Bloom not too long ago, and he was talking about, you know, it really pissed him off how this song wasn't used in Godzilla movies till I think there was one Godzilla movie that used it. He's like, finally. But, yeah, yeah and, was, and that, was, that was only, like, seven or eight years ago or something like you know it was a long time before they wised up to use that song it's it would be perfect for every godzilla movie after this came out you know yeah you know there's a i have a cool story about their godzilla prop um they played the cow palace in san francisco new year's eve 1979 and my sister went to that show i remember when she came home from the show she was talking about the giant Godzilla they had on stage. Yeah, I saw it and, too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Bill Graham gave him that Godzilla prop. Oh, I didn't know that. That night. Like, they, they didn't have a, that any kind of production like that. And uh, when they got to the Cow Palace, that Godzilla was there waiting for him. He had it made wow. for him and gave it to him as a gift that night. And, and they ended up carrying it on tour with them. And it was so huge that they had, they couldn't fit it on stage in a lot of places. And, it is very spinal tap, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but that's cool. I've actually never seen a picture of that Godzilla uh, prop. Did they had it when when you saw him back then. Yes, and watch him uh, YouTube that show I was at. It was there. Okay, and it was a great intro. Eric was talking about like I was I was laying down on my couch, stoned, and then all of a sudden I hear and you hear the thumping noises. Yep. You know, what is that? Godzilla. And then when they start playing it, they light up the background. There's that big Godzilla, and his eyes are glowing red, and it's blowing out smoke. It's badass. Huh. It is badass. And it, and it looks left and right. The head goes back left and right during the song. Cool. Yeah, I did see it. Both both shows. Both those shows in the classic era, uh, when they opened for Hart and uh, the, the Hollywood Sportatorium show. Yeah, it was at both of them. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this song. What do you think of Golden Age of Leather, track two? I, uh, you know, uh, I love it. And at the same time, I think it's incredibly hokey. But <laughs> it, it is a cool tune. And it's a fun song to hear live, especially at these county fairs. 
when they when they opened up with the whole your can of yeah. every single redneck fat white guy around me is holding <laughs> <the> beer up. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I dig the song. Great live song, and they play it all the time live still. And uh, it's cool. Like they they bring back the Transmaniacon motorcycle gang in that in, the, in those lyrics. It's like a part two to Transmaniacon. Did you know that? Uh, no, no. Now that you mention it, I can see it. Yeah. No, I and never also, noticed that before. They also mentioned the red, red and the black in the lyrics too. So yes, that I did know. A lot of early BOC references on that song. So yeah, killer tune. Yeah, I love it. You know, I love uh, I when I see them, they always play it. You know, I love that. And uh, I think it's a great catchy hard rock classic. You know, I love the changes with that bass riff and the melodic vocals. You know, it's views of originality, too. I think it's all all, uh, you know, as cheesy as it is. I think all around it's a great track. Definitely. What do you think of Death Valley Nights? I love the song, dude. I, I Sometimes it's my favorite song on the album. Um, it's just, it's, it has a cool desert vibe, you know? It just has a very easygoing, easygoing flow to it. A really cool track, great chorus. Um, I, I'm totally into the song. Oh, me too, man. I think it's like melancholy and amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, great Albert vocals. Yep. Uh, great melodic, you know, vocals as well by the band during it. And, Again, a cool Buck Dharma solo. You know, as usual, this is a great fucking track. Uh, it, it, it really captures the, the whole desert, yeah, valley vibe. You know, like they did a good job. Yeah, they really nailed it on this one. It's one of my favorites on here. Um, the next one, "Searching for Celine." What do you think of this one? I think it's. I don't think there's a weak track on this album, so I, I like this song as well. Um, it does, you know, the first time I heard the song, I, I thought it sounded like play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and I still hear it to this day. I, I do like the song, but it's kind of distracting that it sounds like that fucking <laughs> Sunshine Band. <laughs> yeah. I think that was Average White Band that did that one, I think. Oh, was, I thought it was Casey and the Sunshine Band. No. It's an yeah. average white man. Well, they both suck, so fucking both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love the killer bass line in this track. Uh-huh. And I like that nasty solo and that outro, uh, that outro guitar solo. Yep. You know, it could fit on Agent of Fortune as a standout track, you know? Totally. totally. I really love it. But I don't love it as much as the next one. I really love Fireworks. Uh, it's, my, it's my favorite song on the album. Yeah, they should rename this song Underrated, really. Yep. You know? It's an amazing poppy song. Those backing vocals are brilliant. And, cool. uh, yeah, it's like it's my second favorite off the album. I think it's fucking excellent. I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, and, like you mentioned, the, the backing vocals, that's my that's a, my favorite element of the song, the, the, the vocal harmonies. And it almost has a Beatles kind of vibe to it. Like... Um, uh yeah it's great the lyrics are cool i i think the lyrics are about a, a girl losing her, her virginity um and uh yeah it's just it's my favorite song on the album uh i think uh albert sings great on it and he's a very underrated vocalist man like he he's yeah a, a really fantastic singer and um yeah it's a great way to end side one for sure oh, i love it you know but uh we'll probably disagree on the next one okay <laughs> Are you ready to rock? I know many won't agree on me in this one, but it almost does nothing for me except for that killer, the killer bass lines. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. but I'm not a fan. But you know, I I do say I like this version more on you know how it opens one enchanting evening. Uh, but with a title like "Are You Ready to Rock?" I wanted to rock like Thin Lizzy's "Are You Ready to Rock?" You know? Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So I'm not I'm not a fan of Are You Ready to Rock. I, I you like it, right? I do like it, man. Uh, I love hearing it live. They they still play it live sometimes, and I like. Oh, the they way always I, play it live when I see them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the way it picks up at the end with the Ready to Rock. Uh, I love the chorus. Um, I actually sing that chorus to myself, like here and there. Like if I'm doing the dishes or something, I'll be going, Are you ready to rock? <laughs> I, I can't help it. So. And I also like the song title, the way it's spelled. 
Yeah. It's almost like a Vinnie Vincent song title or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys are going to rock, right? Did he put an R it. in there? Or, or, put you, or, or shoot you full of love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Do you dig Celestial the Queen? Yes, dude. Oh, what a beautiful song, man. I, I love the chorus. Um, uh, as you can tell, I, I with each album, I, I like him a little bit more and more. But I love the first three, and and you know uh, the third album is my favorite BOC album. But I, I like their their later '70s stuff a little bit more than the first two albums. I, I just I, the, with good production, they they can do no wrong in my eyes. And I this song is a, a perfect example. I love it. It's beautiful. And yeah, I think it's great. Well, I, I I can't say I love it, but I do like it, and I definitely like it more than Are You Ready to Rock. I won't skip it. Uh-huh. You know, it is enjoyable, but I mean, the only thing I can say negative is that you know, this is not a song I would play to somebody to get them into BOC. But oh, definitely you know, I, not. Yeah, definitely. I don't I don't think it's a my, a bad song. It doesn't really blow my mind like most of the songs we've talked about so far. But you know, it's passable. It's non-skippable. You know. Right. But uh, I love going through the motions. I know it's cheesy, but it's good fresh mozzarella cheese. It's catchy, cheeserific tune. I really dig the, uh, going through the motions. What do you think? I, I do too. I think it should have been a hit. Uh, I don't understand why it wasn't, man. It, uh, it has a beautiful solo and um, just I don't know it's just kind of dreamy and, and yeah, it's a good pop tune, co-written by uh, Ian Hunter. Who I really don't know much about. I just know he's the guy that always wore sunglasses. Yeah, me too. And frizzy <laughs> yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah, like frizzy hair and sunglasses. That's all I knew about him. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, apparently, he was good friends with Eric Bloom because uh, he co-wrote a couple of Eric Bloom songs. But uh, yeah, I dig it, man. It's very, very pretty track. Yeah, I, I think my favorite, now I think about it, is I Love the Night. You know, awesome. I I think this and the last song are, are like the same subject, vampires. Right. This song is amazing and such a great chill vibe. Buck sounds amazing. You know, those haunting, beautiful, you know, it's just a masterpiece. I think this song is just, yeah, it may be my favorite one on here. What do you think of I Love the Night? Uh, it's perfect. Um, another, like uh, you used the word earlier, melancholy this song has it's dripping with that and yeah it has like a spooky a spooky cold vibe to it and it, it just it sounds like the night the way it's written um and you know i always thought this song was about vampires too and, and it probably is but i i read some theories about this song and one of them was that it's about cocaine abuse and oh. and once i read the lyrics i was like huh I, I can kind of maybe see that, you know. Maybe it's about a cokehead vampire. That that's what I like to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Combine both. <laughs> but yeah, awesome song, dude. Awesome. Love it, man. What do you think of the last track, Nosferatu? Uh, another Helen Wheel song. Um, killer piano stuff on this track, dude. Uh, Creepy. Yeah, it's be- beautiful and spooky, and great closer to the album. Um, I dig it, man. I, I dig it. How come you didn't make a, a, a Nosferatu video to the song Nosferatu? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know why. You know why? Because va- Tattoo Vampire is so short. I just, fuck it, this will be easy. Right. <laughs> you know? right so right. I just did it to that. But yeah, you're right. I should have did it to this song. I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, I love that creepy piano. Yep. You know, on here. And it's like metal and psychedelic mixed together. Totally. You know, it's got some cool changes. It goes from dark to catchy pop to metal you know this is yeah, a great the, track to end the album the, the middle part yeah the middle part's killer man uh um, yeah yeah the album ends really strong with nosferatu for sure yeah and uh the next one is uh some enchanting evening and i think it's a great album but you know it takes off you know to me again you know i mean take off the mc cover mc5 cover Animals cover, which is not really that bad what they do, but take both those off and throw some originals like like I Love the Night or Fireworks should be on here, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree. But the covers on here, you know, they're not bad, you know, better than Born to be Fucking Wild, but 
I would prefer a full original Blue Oyster Cult live album. That's my only complaint. But I do like this album a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I've always been puzzled by this. It's only a single record. Yeah. So, like, you know, you only have, like, you know, the maximum is 10 songs. I forget how many songs are on there. Like, maybe, like, eight or something. Yeah, and, yeah maybe and, eight. And two of them are fucking covers. Give me a break, dude. I, yeah, that's yeah. always a, always annoyed me. And, uh, yeah, I wish there was just two of their songs on there. But the version of Astronomy is fucking awesome, dude. On, on yeah. The, it's just, yeah, great. Uh, bad. Killer yeah. album cover too. I mean, that yeah, album yeah, cover paper. made a huge impression on me when I was a kid. I, I was like, I mean, like you know, like I said, I wasn't a BOC fan when I was a kid. I remember looking at that album cover and going, "Man, why couldn't that be on a cooler band's album cover?" <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, you eat those words. Yeah, I sure do, dude. I feel like a fool uh, wasting all these years uh, not enjoying BOC, man. Like a total fool. Hey man, better late than never, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one uh, gets a lot of shit, and you know I understand why it's very different, not as good as the albums before, in my opinion. But I still dig this album for the most part. But it does have some clunkers, in my opinion. We're talking about Mirrors. What do you think of Mirrors overall? Um, I like this album. Um, terrible album cover. It's the only yeah. the album cover I think kind of sucks. Um, and the guy who, who actually did that album cover thinks it sucks. Um, <laughs> he didn't, didn't want to use it, but they, they went ahead anyways. Um, yeah, it's, you know, clearly they're going for the, 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 the big money with this album. It's every song is trying to be a hit or almost every song and it definitely has a pop sheen. And, uh, it's produced by Tom Warman who, yep. uh, was doing cheap trick at the time. So that yeah. you, could, you could totally tell. It has a, you know, a cheap trick stamp on it, kind of. And yeah. um, it's definitely a dumbed-down version or a watered-down version of BOC, but still good. It's a really easy really easy album to listen to. It flows right by, and there are a couple of amazing songs on here. You know, There are oh, yeah. great, great songs. Like, uh, I, like, I like Dr. Music. I know mm-hmm. lots of people hate that song, and I, just, I see it get slagged all the time online, but I think it's a cool tune. I mean, even with the cheesy... Uh, uh, electronic drum, the, the the fucking breakdown in the middle with a do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> but I I dig this song, man. It's it's cool. Well, I I disagree with those motherfuckers. You know, I think it starts off with my second favorite track off here. Yeah. I think it's a straight up hard rock song with some cool pop elements. Yeah. With that real weird off the wall, you know, but cool change. I find it to be an excellent slab in their history of songs. Dr. Music, I love. I have nothing bad to say about that song. Absolutely yeah. love it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that completely. <laughs> How about the great Sun Jester? Okay, this song, dude. Uh, it's my second favorite song on the album. And and this song is up to par with with BOC's epic songs, I think. It, it's it's totally... it's Of all the songs on the album, this sounds the most like older BOC, I think. And um, it's a beautiful song. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. I, I do too. Uh, mostly, my favorite part of the song is the beginning. You know, yeah. when it when it kicks in, it's still pretty cool. But I, I prefer the beginning. Uh, but I do hear they were going like for a radio hit here, uh-huh. and it, it kind of does not sound as genuine as it can be, uh, or as weird as it can be. But I definitely give this a pass. I do dig this song. But mostly because of that beginning. Beginning is so awesome. Yeah, you know? and it's I the just... first song. It's the first song that Michael Moorcock co-wrote with the band. Uh, right. And yeah, you know, it, it it definitely like you know they're trying to go for a hit, but it still it has like for some reason for me it has an older BOC vibe compared to all the other songs on the album. I hear you. Yeah, because of the weird the weirdness of the change and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do hear that. How about in V? I love this song, um, Killer. It's like a like their version of, of country rock or something. <laughs> and like, and yeah. the total country flavor to it, which when I mean, I'm not really much of a country fan, and that's not why I like the song so much. But they do it well. Uh, very cool finger picking kind of guitar solo, and um, I think it's really good, man. Uh, cool lyrics too uh, about traveling and missing. Missing your your loved one back home, I know what that's all about, and so I, I can relate to the song 
And yeah, it's a, it's an easy easy track to digest. I love this song. Yeah, you know, I love the changes and the that vocal melodies are so nice. It's got that very cool chill vibe, and there's a really cool live version that shows up on a future studio album, which is odd. Yeah, uh, and it's yep. a great version too. Yeah, uh, but I love in V. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of my favorites on here too. Yeah, it's kind of ballady, but it's beautiful. It is a beautiful track. Uh, how about the title track, Mirrors? Good, a good, solid rock song, man. Uh, uh, I, I don't know who's doing the female vocals, but I think it's a good addition to the song. And I dig it, man. It's pretty straightforward for BOC. And, and it works. I, I like it. Right on. Uh, does nothing for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm not too crazy about this one. And, you know, for even for it to be a title track, I'm like, eh. I mean, it's not terrible, but it really doesn't connect with me for some weird reason. I don't know why, but Moon Crazy, I, I, I like it more than the song Mirrors, but that's not saying much. But uh, it kind of doesn't nothing for me as well. There, there's That's why I was saying there's some songs on here that just don't connect with me. As you see, I was loving, you know, what we were talking about before. But eh, what do you think of Moon Crazy? I think it's kind of hokey. Um, yeah, I, it's my least favorite song on the album. I'm, it definitely wouldn't, wouldn't be in my top 50 favorite POC songs. Uh, right. I, I, I could take it or leave it. I mean, I don't hate it or anything. Uh, I could take it or leave it. And I think the song's about Woodstock, too. And fuck Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, right. Those stupid hippies. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the next one. I think the vigil's back on track. Uh, and it's like one of my favorites on here. I wish the album had more like this vibe on it. You know, this this song flat out rules, I think. I, he's got yes. a great flow and vibe that, you know, they hit the mark with this one. What do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. It's my favorite song on the album. They still, they brought it back to their live set in the past couple of years. Uh, after seeing them like maybe 10 times in a row, uh, I, I kind of thought I, I had him figured out. Like I knew, okay, these are the songs they're going to be playing forevermore or whatever. And then they, after like seeing them a bunch for, for the 10 times, they busted out the visual. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Cause like this album's kind of like their least popular, one of the yeah. popular albums. So, you know, just to play a song off of this album was surprising. And then to play this song, I was like, wow, man. And they still, it sounds great live. They, they, they their three part harmonies are, are still on point, man. And, uh, yeah, this song is killer. It's about, you know, aliens and I love that kind of shit. So yeah, this, this is one of my favorite VOC songs, actually. I love it. Yeah, it is awesome. What do you think of I Am The Storm? Uh, it's the heaviest dude on the, on the album. Um, I dig it, man. It's, uh. I think side two is better than side one uh, for the most part, and I I dig it. I like it, nice and heavy. Yeah, I think it's a killer track. It does not sound like them trying to get a radio hit with this one. It's just right kicking ass. Is I I love about it. I think it's an awesome track. And uh, then the next one is you're not the one I was looking for. And this one I think is another stab at a radio hit, but I like it. You know, it's kind of silly, but then then again, so am I. You know, <laughs> I, I do like it, and Albert rules, and so does uh, the Killer Buck solo. That's what I think of this one. What do you think of this one? Uh, I agree that the solo is the highlight of the song. Um, I, I could take or leave this song as well. Um, it, it's good, but I, it's not one of my not one of my go to tracks. I think it was co written by his wife, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. It's a nice song, but it doesn't doesn't blow me away or anything. What what do you think of Lonely Teardrops? Cool tune, very cool, man. Uh, the, the Alan singing again. Um, it's a I think it's a pretty cool ending to a for this album. It's a good ending. If this is the last track on any other BOC album, it'd be like what the fuck. But for this album, it works, and I, yeah. I think I think it's a cool tune. Yeah, I dig it too. It starts off like it sounds like it's going to be a Stevie Wonder song with those keys. Kind of reminds yeah. me of Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it has this cool melodic, you know, vibe to it. You right. Know, it's it's you know, I mean, 
I don't love it, love it, but it's it's beyond passable, you know. But um, you know, I give it I give it like a seven and a half. I, I do dig it. Yeah, I think we're on the exact same page for, with, with this song. Uh, I would give it like a seven or a seven and a half. Uh, the lyrics are pretty cool too. I mean, I think it's about like he meets a girl in Paris, and uh, it's just a basic lo- love story or love love lost story. But it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I dig it. But man, the next one, call it sentimental. Call it because I bought it when it was brand new. But damn, this is my second favorite cult, uh, second favorite uh, Blues Cult album. It used uh-huh. to be Fire of Unknown Origins. And I'm talking about as recent as a few weeks back. Okay. I'm listening to this album and I'm like, nah, dude, I actually like this more. And I even put Fire of Unknown Origins again after this just to make sure. And I was like, and I, man, Fire of Unknown Origins has been my second favorite for decades. And I'm like, no, man, I, I just love it. This, you know, this is, uh, you know, and it's my favorites in Secret Treaties. You know, it's the first BLC album I bought when it was new. And maybe I gravitate to it, to this one, you know, a lot because of it. Uh, I just, I think it's the most underappreciated album in his discography. And uh, I love it. What do you think of this album? It's fantastic, dude. Um, it's the, like, Black Blade, it's the, the best opening track to any BOC album, I think. Yeah. Black Blade is the shit, dude. It, it, I agree. Uh, it, it, that song just blows me away, man. And and they still play it sometimes live, not not very often. But I've I, never seen them play it live. I would love to. I've only seen it a few times, but fuck, it's awesome, dude. And uh, yeah, just epic and heavy and and kind of evil. And you know, Martin Birch, uh, great production job. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just it's sick. It's totally awesome. Yeah, it, it has like you know uh, both the elements of the black and white period and the best of the three after. Yep. The black and white period, I think. It's killer changes, strange, but so fucking cool. And I agree, man. This is the best opening track on any Blue Oyster Cult album. It's just fucking amazing. Uh, what do you think of Monsters? Killer. Wait, before we go to Monsters, though, I was going to ask you a little trivia. Do you know the name of, of the Black Blade? It's like from a Michael Moorcock story. Do you know what the name of the Blade is itself? No, I don't. It's called Stormbringer. Uh, oh, which wow. Is, which is what Deep Purple, uh, the Deep yeah. Purple lyrics are. Yeah, so it's uh, a cool connection right there. Um, wow. <laughs> actually, the first time I saw BOC at Slim's, um, I was with uh, my brothers, and I was with my whole family, actually, I think. Um, and before they played Black Blade, and before the song, uh, Eric Bloom was giving his little speech, and, and he's talking about Stormbringer, it was you know, created in Hades, and, and he's going on. He's being a really epic uh, intro. And, and I remember my brother, my, old, my oldest brother, just going, you can't be serious. But, oh, Monsters, great song, dude. Uh, killer follow-up track. Uh the only thing, I mean, I don't dislike it, but when they go into that bizarre jazz part, yeah. it, it, it really, like, they're really forcing that in there. Man. <laughs> like, yeah. it, I, I, the song would have been just fine without those jazz breaks. But the song's so good that it doesn't take away from it. I, I love it. Well, I got to tell you, what I told you earlier, this is the song where I don't mind the horns. Oh, you know? well, yeah. yeah, I don't mind it. it. To me, it works here with that smoky hotel bar feel going yeah. on out of yeah. nowhere, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's just fan fucking tastic. I th- everything about this song, I think, smokes. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's just a good one two punch. I absolutely love Monsters. I'll take the next one, Divine Wind. Uh, I think it's a badass, bluesy yet heavy mid tempo. Song about the Ayatollah that oh. was all on the news back then with the American hostages. Yep. You know, and come on, how cool is it when he says, "If they really think we're the devil, then let's send, let's send the them to hell." Yeah, so cool. You know, I I read somewhere that the term "divine win" translates to kamikaze. I can't remember where I read that though. Uh, and unlike most of their songs, this one is does not stray. It just stays on one path, a path, and 
you know, that path kicks my ass, man. I love Divine Wind. What do you think? So do I, man. It has a very sinister, sinister overtone. Um, when I saw the song title, I thought it was about a fart. <laughs> <laughs> so like epic fart, you know. <laughs> but yeah, killer, killer track. Um, I read that when they played the song live back then. One of their roadies would come on stage with the Ayatollah mask on. Yes, you know, actually, like, uh, the Black and Blue movie. Did you ever see the Black and Blue movie? Dude, I have never seen it, man. I, I've seen the Black Sabbath portion. I've never oh, okay. seen. I've never seen any of the Blue Wish Occult stuff. I'll burn it for you, dude. I have it. That'd be great, um, man. They have, um, <clears throat> they have the guy in the Ayatollah mask. They play this song <laughs> in the movie. So. I, I will- he, I wonder yeah, how that would go. I wonder how that would go over uh, nowadays if they if they did something yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll go over that great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, man, this song. I mean, it's this. That's why I love about this album. It's like every song is killer, killer. And the next one, I think, you know, Deadline. This one can fit on Mirrors, and it would be my favorite track off Mirrors. It has this poppy feel, uh, you know. Uh, album that that album does and i think it's a great fucking song i find this song deadline fucking perfect what do you think i dig it too man i think the bass line is awesome on this track um yeah i think the lyrics are about another friend of buck Darmer's that died i forget the story behind this but i think it's about a friend of his who died and yeah it's a a cool tune man like how how he bends the strings on on the main riff and yeah. yeah Definitely a cool tune. Love it. All right, we flipped the album over. What do you think of the Marshall Plan? As, I mean, there's a, there's a lot about it I don't like, but I, I do like the song. Um, but it's, it's my least favorite on the album, maybe. And uh, the lyrics are kind of kind of stupid, I think. <laughs> but, uh, but I do like the song. I do like it. Yeah. I, I, you... I, don't, I always... I've always wondered why, like th- through the years of rock and roll, why do they always use the name Johnny? Why is there always a <laughs> always about that's a guy true. named Johnny? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> How come they can't write a song about a guy named Ahmed or something? <laughs> <laughs> it could have fit well on Divine Wind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. It, it's a good enough track, you know. It's got a Don Kirshner in there, and it's cool. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, this will be funny. I'll, I'll just set it up a little bit because I don't know if you've seen the video for this. Uh, no, I I haven't seen the video for it. Yeah, they made a video for this. I'm sure it's on YouTube. It's in they they threw it in the Black and Blue movie too. The actual okay. video, not a live performance, and it has Don Kirshner in the video. Uh, cheesy video, cheesy song. You know, and, and, and the video kind of reenacts the lyrics. Like, the guy takes his chick to a Blue Oyster Cult concert, and the uh-huh. chick becomes their groupie after the show. Okay. You know, and, and then the guy drives home alone, and he's, like, saying, you know, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to become a rock star. And then he does, Johnny does, and and ends up banging every girlfriend that is dating the members of Blue Oyster Cult. All this at the all, same time. This is all in the video? Uh, that, that part I was just kidding about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else is true. Like, like after the show, you see the chick in, in a limo, and the dudes are blue, it's their cult, and she's, like, holding a champagne bottle, driving away, and Johnny's, like, looking like, motherfucker. Oh, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, it, it would have been great to add, you know, to add that to the lyrics, you know, the... the that Johnny ends up banging their girlfriends, you know? But uh, here's the funny part. This was my favorite track as a kid. I don't know why, because I don't really like it as much anymore. It hasn't yeah. really aged well with me, and that's very rare. It's very rare when a song doesn't age well with me, but this is one of those exceptions, you know? And it's way down on my list on my favorite tracks on it, but, you know, I still like it for sentimental reasons but even as goofy as uh this was you know as a you know favorite track um you know it's totally changed but my least favorite is hands down the next track hungry boys oh man i don't like this at all 
You like this song? It, no, it, it reminds me of. It, it sounds like I think I'm turning Japanese, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it has that vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, this is like a sore thumb to me. It's like, you know, it's 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 a goofball song, and uh, this one is filler, not killer. You know, it's pretty much to me a pure stinker. You know, I always I always skip this song. It's just. I don't know, man. I was like, what the fuck? Are... I mean, I know you guys like to get weird, but this one's a little too fucking, you know, off off the wall for me, you know? Yeah, it's another song uh, that uh, uh, Albert's wife co-wrote, and maybe she had too much control over this one or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's kind of a kind of a clunker. Yeah, maybe they thought this was going to be a hit because it was like, yeah, Turn the Japanese was popular at the time. Yeah. So it was kind of quirky song, so... But yeah, nah. What do you think of Fallen Angel? Cool track, man. Cool Joe Bichard track. Uh, very anthemic, and uh, and the vocals are great, man. That's maybe yeah. the best song he's ever sung. Uh, I I dig it definitely. Yeah, uh, you know, back on track on this one, you know, and like Deadline, it could have this one could have fit on Mirrors. Yeah, you know, it's pretty commercial, and Joe sings his ass off on this song. And Buck's guitar work on this song is melodic and kick-ass. This yep. is definitely a great song, but not as good as the next one. What do you think of Lips on the Hill? Lips awesome, the dude. Straight-up oh. hard rocker. Um, killer lyrics, too. Like, uh, I, it's about Roswell, I do believe, uh, about the people who, who saw you know, the, the, the crash and maybe may have even seen the corpses of aliens. And then they were told that they saw nothing and they can't say anything and uh, just for the, totally forget it all. I'm way into the Roswell uh, conspiracy stuff. So uh, I dig this track. I, I read an interview with Eric Bloom, though, and he's talking about the song. And he said the song's about breastfeeding. <laughs> what? It's pretty funny. Oh, I get it. Hills. <laughs> Lips in the hills. <laughs> yeah. Probably is. <laughs> but oh, cool, yeah. Awesome. Cool fucking track, man. Oh, I way. love this fucking song. I love that killer shreddy guitar intro. Yep. You know, it's just hard rock greatness. I like it more than the three tracks before it. You know, it's one of the best songs on here and definitely the most metallic track. And yep. I definitely give this one a perfect 10. Totally. Um, what do you think of Unknown Tongue? Uh, I, I like it. I like it. It's it's not one of my favorite songs on the album, but I think it's a, a good track. I like how the two songs kind of connect. And um, uh, I dig it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I love this song as well. You know, uh, it's melodic. It has that vibe of a track off something coming up. I'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, I think it's an awesome ending to an awesome album, you know, excluding Hungry Boys. But I, I love it. I do love it. So. The lyrics are interesting. Like, I always thought it was about uh, exorcism, like about a girl being possessed. But, uh, but I read somewhere that it's a, about her masturbating. So, oh, wow. uh, and then after I read that, I, read, I reread the lyrics, and it could go either way, which is also a great thing about BOC lyrics. They're always uh, there's always room for interpretation, and yeah. everybody has their own spin on it, and that's great. You know, I like lyrics that aren't so cut and dry, and you know, this is what it is. You know, so uh, yeah, it's a totally totally cool song. Cool tune. Very cool. Nice. All right. Then we go into this awesome album. And, you know, in a way I would put it tied with Cultosaurus, but in a way, no. You know, I think it's a hair below it now, but it's considered one of their best albums, you know, for a reason. Because yep. it does fucking rule. Yeah. Talking about Fire of Unknown Origins. What do you think of this one? Uh, amazing album. Definitely in my top five. Probably in my top three. Um, my favorite BOC album cover, um, just yeah, it, it, it's super solid. Uh, the opening track, the title track, is a great fucking song. Uh, another Patti Smith song, and yeah. um, and, and it's funny too that that song is kind of old. Uh, they wrote that song, I think, for a, uh, Ages of Fortune, and so it was it was sitting around for a few years before it saw the light of day. Uh, I think uh, on the box set. Uh, it has the original demo version of this song that was recorded in seventy six. Yes, actually, uh, yeah. There's a. It's one of the, uh, on that box set. It's one of the bonus tracks of one of the earlier albums that I guess it was right. recorded at that time. Yeah, uh, the killer opening track. 
Yeah, I love it. You know, I love the synths. I love, you know, they can rock as hard as they want, uh, you know, that smooth 80s rock like like this. You know, I hear the synths like, <clears throat> this is like, uh, like you know, kind of like 80s songs. But, it, you know, it's that if I, if I hear these, these synths in other songs, it sounds dated. But right. not on this track. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a great track. But oddly enough, not my favorite. Uh, that's how great this album is. Um, I love it. And are you burnt out on the next one? Because I sure ain't. What do you I'm think not, of burnt for you? I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not burnt out on it. Um, uh, really, it's some of uh, uh, Albert's best drumming. Like the... that That's really creative, dude. I mean... I, I never would have thought of that. And, uh, it's, that's, it's clear that he's a songwriter, not just a drummer. Like he's he's crafting the song with, with his drum parts, and it's this is awesome, man. I I love the song. The video is pretty cool too. Uh, and actually, the video. Have you seen that video? Dude, that video was played out on early MTV because they didn't have many videos back then. Right. I love that video. And if I remember correctly, doesn't. Doesn't a guy lose his girlfriend to BOC in that video too? I think so. Yeah, she's dancing around with him. And he's standing over by his car looking at BOC like, man, fuck these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he sits in his car and he busts out in flames. He blows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's so angry at him. <laughs> he oh, it's it's self-immolation. A, yeah. <laughs> I love it. They're playing like under like a a bypass, a, a traffic bypass, and. Yeah, uh, yeah, they would play the fuck because I used to have MTV, dude. Early MTV was badass because they didn't have many videos and they would show. I don't know if uh, you, you had early MTV like me, but they didn't have commercials back then. Right. What what they would do would play like five minutes of war footage, you know, to make up for time. Like war? black and white war. Yeah, they would play really? black and white war footage with some songs with a little MTV logo on it, and then they'd go into like. Pat Benatar hit me with your bad shot. This song and Triumph video. They didn't have many videos back then, but I loved it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> How about their outfits in this video, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially Buck. Yeah, he's wearing like some kind of silver. Uh... It's almost it's almost like an Ace Frehley costume, but painted in gold. Yeah. <laughs> 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 totally, dude. Can you imagine if, if Kiss busted out? On the scene with their costumes, but didn't wear makeup. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? That, that, it would look like this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, yeah, great track. You know, you know, Burning for You was supposed to be on Buck Dharma's solo album. I'm flat uh, out, really? Wow. Yeah, and they convinced them, no, man, this song is a hit. You got to put it on Blue Oyster Cult album, you know? Speaking and, of which, well, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, what do you think of Buck Dharma's uh, solo albums? Never heard it. Yeah, you you really don't need to. <laughs> okay, it's not good. Did it come out around this time? It did. It came out like uh, yeah, like in eighty one or maybe late seventy. It came out somewhere around that time. Yeah, yeah. Not very uh, promoted because I think I would have checked it out back then because I was already big into Blue Skull, but. Yeah, for some odd reason, that must have been badly promoted because I never even heard it. It's know? all it's all over the place. I mean, e even for Blue Oyster Cult standards, it's fucking all over the place. Uh, there is one great song, the the uh, video and single "Born to Rock." That's a great song, dude. Are you familiar with that track? No, uh, and I have a video for it, huh? Dude, the video is awesome. It's fucking awesome. It takes place like in a post nuclear. It looks like the, the same guy that directed "Lick It Up." Directed that video. <laughs> oh, cool! Uh, it's like I a post-nuclear post wasteland, <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, it, it's awesome. Um, uh, playing guitar and rock and roll is outlawed in the future, and uh, so like, there's like this wanted poster hanging up on a pole with Buck Dharma, a drawing of Buck Dharma's face. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds I, I like something. Actually, I would I actually need to kill. Watch. I would kill for that flyer, for that wanted poster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good video. You should check it out, man. Well, I will. So, Burning For You was supposed to be on that album. So, Wow, they, they, they made a, a, a great decision there. You know? yeah. If it was on a solo album, it would have just vanished into obscurity. You know? Exactly, yeah. Or maybe if it would have became a hit, it would have 
still vanished by obscurity by how shitty the album is. You right. Know, if it's as bad as you say, you know. But, uh, no, I never heard it. But, yeah, this song rules. And, you know, I would see it a tub- dozen times a day on MTV, and I would never get sick of it. And and to this day, I mean, I don't listen to terrestrial radio anymore, but I always did in my city truck. And it would always come on. I'm like, cool. You know? Yeah. I dig it, you know. It, it I, sounds like Maiden, too, in the beginning. The dan, 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 oh, yeah, kind of like noodly. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. noodly riffs. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, this song, this next one, Veterans of a Psychic War. Dude, this makes me want to snort a big bag of plutonium Nyborg. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't get much better than this on this album. You know, I think it's the, my favorite song on it. This song is so awesome. It gives me Vietnam flashbacks. Yeah. And, I ne- and I've never been to Vietnam. <laughs> I love, love, love Veterans of the Psychic War. What do you think of this one? Um, it's amazing, dude. Uh, I actually know quite a few people who, uh, like, this is their favorite BOC song. And I even know some people who don't really like BOC, but they love this song. So that's how awesome this track yeah, is. Yeah, because of heavy metal, or else they never would have seen it. Heard yeah, it. you know? And the funny thing is, this song wasn't even written for heavy metal. Exactly. Two other, two other songs on this album yep. were ri- written for heavy metal. I think Vengeance so, was one of them. Yep. Yep, Vengeance the Pact. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. directly, I mean, the lyrics are directly about one of the stories in the movie. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's a great song. Um, I love the scene in heavy metal when they when they do play the song. It's, it's killer, man. Speaking of Vietnam vets, this made me think of something really quick. I was at a bar maybe like a year ago <clears throat> in Chinatown in San Francisco and kind of a dive bar, or not, not kind of, definitely a dive bar. I was there with uh, my brother. And there was this old guy sitting in the corner of the bar, kind of grumbling to himself. And I think he was homeless, maybe. He had, he had all his possessions on the bar. And he was just kind of going on and on. And he's, he started trying to bro down with me. And he's like, right, man, you, you know what it's like, right? You're like, right? And I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, And he goes, he goes, you were in Nam, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> I go, fuck you, man. <laughs> You were born like when it was almost over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that guy must have been drunk as fuck. Yeah, man. I, I mean, like, I, it, it totally like it was a total insult. I turned to my brother. I was like, I don't look that old, do I? I was like, do, do I look all disheveled like that? Do I look like I was in a war? God damn it! <laughs> this guy, this guy would have found that girl that you saw get gangbanged attractive. You know what I'm saying? Foot. Yeah, oh he, yeah, he, he was that drunk. Foot. <laughs> yeah, he would have loved her. He would have loved the bang foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you love this. This is a you love this one, right? <clears throat> oh, Psychic Wars, fuck yeah, dude, amazing. What a what a fucking yeah, it is my favorite on here. Uh, what do you think of Soul Survivor? Killer tune, man. Kind of a sleeper track on the album, but yep. really, really cool lyrics and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's a weak song on this album, so I, I dig Soul Survivor. Nice. I, I actually don't like a couple songs coming up. Really? I'm, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah, we'll get into that. But this one I find, like you, man, I think it's an underrated song. Great lyrics. I think it's the dark horse on the album. And it's my second favorite song on here. I think it's a killer one-two punch on this album. And they were in such a zone with all these songs so far. You know, yeah. everything that we've heard, it just gives me an eargasm, all these songs. That's why you know, sometimes I think maybe I am wrong about Cult of Swords, but they're damn close, man. It's my second favorite, but I they're do love produced, it. They're both produced by Martin Birch, so you yeah. know, they're, like, they're like sister albums. That guy's a badass. You Dude, think I've, about it. I've yet to hear an album he's produced that I didn't love, you know? Rainbow Rising. Was it Heaven and Hell? He did that one. and Mob yeah, Rules. Something to do with Mob Rules, the first Sabbath album. Um Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, he he done. He's yeah, man. We just lost. I think we lost him this year too, right? Yep, yep. Man, what a shitty year. We lose all these people, and Tommy Lee releases new music. Uh, do you, I I haven't heard his his. his oh new my song. god! When you <laughs> listen know. to it, listen to it, and you'll kind of feel better that you'll be like, ah, twenty twenty ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it more? Bad. Is it more rap metal or dude? I can't stand rap metal. I hate Methods of Mayhem. But if I had a choice, I'll listen to Methods of Mayhem over that crap. 
it's what, not it? It, it's not rap it's dude it's like that modern i don't even know how to describe it but yeah it's kind of like uh, i don't know uh, it is modern like the, you know that that nonsensical bullshit uh, with chicks singing and rapping and he's okay. not even in the fucking songs he's not even he doesn't even sing on the songs that i've heard huh. you know it, it, but it's just terrible it's like the worst music you can possibly hear you know uh, it's it's a really it's it's really sad about that guy i was yeah. such a tommy lee fan growing up i thought he was a great drummer and i just loved his whole wild uh persona <laughs> then obviously over the years when he became a rapper and you know and methods of mayhem and this i was like oh god and when his book came out tommy land uh someone gave it to me my my brother's girlfriend gave it to me for christmas one year and i was like oh i was like i, I had already been off the tommy lee train for a long time but you know I, I i was like okay well thank you and i was i was thumbing through it and one of the chapters was called what's crack a lacking and that was oh god me. that that was enough for me dude i closed the book and, and and gave it away like the next day. Man. I was like, I'm not reading this fucking book. <laughs> you know, you want to hear something funny? Uh, yeah. Somebody gave me that book too. Oh, really? I have yet to read it. I have Dude, it. Dude, you got to read what's crack a lacking, man. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna put on some Tommy Lee music. It'll make sense. <laughs> that new shit is just so bad, dude. I mean, think of the worst song ever, and. Uh, this will be just as bad as it. I, I'm I'm curious now. I'll, I'm going to check it yeah, out yeah, after we're yeah. done. He's got like one or two, maybe even three videos. I saw them all because I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. Right. But, you know, I see like, you know, Blabbermouth would say, new Tommy Lee video. I was like, oh, let me look at this train wreck. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is way worse than I thought, you know? You know, I thought it was going to be some shitty uh, Methods to Mayhem crap. It ended up being even worse. And I know it's hard to say. So, shit is worse than that, but you know, I got a hand out Tommy saying, "Hey, man, look, listen to this. Now, Method of Mayhem ain't that bad, is it? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's why you did it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So people like will go back and I, I still can't listen to Method of Mayhem crap. It's so embarrassingly bad, you know? Yeah, but, I uh, mean, <clears throat> I, I've never, I've never seen someone shift so in yeah, such a lot, in such a of, huge way. You know, I, I, just, I, I can't stand the guy now. I, I, I hate seeing pictures of him. I just I, I just can't stand him. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the songs were so bad, it, like, traumatized me that I can't tell you what they sound like. But if I can recall, it was, like, computer music, you know? Okay. Like, no guitars or bass, just, like, weird samples. And that, that's what I recall. And stupid. The videos are stupid, too. And girls, like, dress funky, talking, and weird fucking camera work it's just oh why are we talking about tommy lee <laughs> yeah well 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 but before we finish i have to ask you is it any worse than uh cory feldman's music yes and i've heard that too it's <laughs> okay, worse yeah. that well you know the, the good thing about cory feldman's music it's good comedy you yeah. know <laughs> yeah, a good laugh out of it how you know but cory feldman music is better to watch him perform it when he does his little michael jackson shit it's it's oh, dude! <laughs> it's cringy comedy, but it's comedy. <clears throat> he he's gone through a number of phases. I, I've seen some videos where he's kind of trying to be like Marilyn Manson or something. Like, oh wow, yeah, dude, like total chameleon going on here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's worse. Okay, trust me, okay. you'll see. You'll see. Go check out Tommy Lee's new shit. It's so bad. All right, but uh, all right, now let's get into actual music. All right. Um, what do you think of Vengeance the Pack? Oh, we missed. Uh, we didn't do heavy metal. No, that's that's later. Oh, it's later. Shit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Vengeance the Second Pack. Second last track, or am I wrong? Okay. Along? Okay. Um, Vengeance is awesome song, dude. Joe Bouchard, uh, great vocals, um, and I obviously these lyrics are based on the movie, and uh, I think it's a cool fucking rocking tune, man. Great. Yeah, I, very, I, cool, very cool tempo. Yeah, killer riff that kicks it off, and I find this one underrated too. I think the arrangements are creative in this song, and they're so good, you know. And again, you know, Ghost owns their career to songs like this. Yeah, love Ghost, but this is totally 
I can hear where ghosts got a lot of their sounds. Totally. You know? and, and, and I got to say, I can't believe they cut this song from heavy metal and switched it to Veterans of the Psychic War. I like Veterans more, but I think this song would fit better in the movie than Veterans did. Well, I mean, know? just like like lyrically, I mean, the the yeah. lyrics are, are singing about the the uh, Taraki and the, the the fucking chick flying that that uh, bird thing. Uh, it, it's it's like word for word describing the, uh, a part of the movie. So it's kind of a head scratcher why it wasn't used. But yeah, it's a cool tune for sure. Now let's go into this oddball one, Joan Crawford. What do you think of Joan Crawford? Oh my god, dude! Uh, this song. It, is incredible. It's incredible, dude. Uh, it's definitely in my top five favorite BOC songs. Uh, how do you write a song like this? It's beyond me, man. It, it would take me a lifetime to, to come up with the, with these parts and this, the lyrics are so weird. And, and the video, the, the video got banned. It was never even shown on MTV. Did you ever see the video? I did see the video. Uh, yeah, I don't think I saw it on MTV, but I did. I think I saw it on Night Flight, the USA Network. I love Night Flight. That rule. Yeah, man. I loved it, too. I used to get high and watch that back in the day. And took acid, too, to watch that sometimes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I love this song, too. Such a creepy video. Yeah. You know? And I love that amazing piano work in the beginning. Yeah. You know? But, well, I have a complaint, though. Okay. It's not a bad complaint, but I kind of... I don't know, man. That section with the sound effects with the car crash, cell phone ringing, roosters, cash uh-huh. registers, and, you know, kitchen, kitchen sinks. I, I don't know. I find it a little unnecessary, but I give it a pass because everything that's surrounded is so fucking awesome. Uh-huh. You know, but I just find that part like, God damn, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> but I still love it. You know? I, I, in the end, I love the song, but yeah, that, that one part is, I don't know, it just go, it, it flies over my head, but it's a little complaint because the song is so good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I've only seen them play that live like maybe once or twice. I wish it would be a, a mainstay in their set, but I would imagine it's probably a, a difficult song to, to play yeah. live because it's pretty involved. But yeah, awesome tune. Awesome. I did see them play <laughs> this live. Well, I saw the tour, so I do remember seeing them play this live. Uh, how about After Dark? What do you think of this one? Kind of another sleeper track on the album, but I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I like uh, at the end of the song, uh, Eric Bloom's vocals. I think that's the highest he ever sings on any BOC song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He really hits a falsetto at the end. Uh, Cool tune, though. I I dig it. Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on this one. I, I think this is a sequel to I Love the Night. I've read that too. Yep. Yeah, but yep. not as good, I don't think, uh, though. No way. I do like the song, but it's kind of like, yeah, my least favorite on the album. It's not bad. It's not great, but you know, it's there. Like I told you, there's a couple I don't like okay. on here. And uh, the next one is, I might have the track listing wrong here. Cause I'm looking at Wikipedia, uh, heavy metal, the black and the silver. That's the great. next track. Killer tune, killer tune. Um, uh, another song that it's just kind of weird why it didn't make it on the movie heavy metal, but, yeah, uh, very cool lyrics, man. I I dig this song a lot. Yeah, um, straight metal riff. tune. Yeah, great, great riff. riff. Yeah, total straight great up riff. Uh, but I don't think I like it as much as you. But I do not dislike it. But I just kind of think it takes a dip with After Dark and uh, Heavy Metal. But because I like everything else more. But uh-huh. I'm not complaining. You know, I I know I'm being an idiot, but. Hey man, I gotta be honest, you know. But um, it, it's cool. I, I I dig it, you know. But but I just think the other songs that surround it, you know, um, are better. Like "Don't Turn Your Back," you know. I like this song. Um, but you know, again, I won't say I, I love it, but it does have one of the most tastiest solos Buck has ever broke out. And I agree. Know, I I feel this song takes you know kind of like a dip, like the last. You know, I just think the last. Three tra- After Dark, Heavy Metal, Don't Turn Your Back. Not too big on. I love everything before it. So what do you think of Don't Turn Your Back? I, I dig it, man. I think it's another one of their like, more heavy metal-sounding songs. Uh, uh, I love the riff. And um, I think it, it's a good one to punch with. I mean, it's a, an album, a song that goes hand-in-hand hand with heavy metal. 
Uh, another thing on the, on the song Heavy Metal, I, I love the drumming on that song, too. Uh, it has like a little backbeat thing going on. And, uh, yeah, I, just, like I said earlier, his drumming gets better with each album. But I, I, I dig Don't Turn Your Back. Like I said, I don't think there's a bad song on this album. So um, I'm down with it. Right on. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. So that's the end of part two discussion of Blue is the Cult. Next week will be part three. And yeah, it pretty much looks like there will be a part four. I mean, we talked for over four hours on this. So uh, tune in next week for part three. But keep it locked here because you're about to go with me into the Vieira Vault. All right, we're inside the vault and... I'm going to play something again that's Blue Oyster Cult related. This is actually the Bark Dharma band. Uh, Buck Dharma, his band. Doing a song that, oh man, both I uh, and Will praised when we were talking about Cultus Erectus. Here's the Buck Dharma band doing their cover of Deadline.
Deadline, performed by the Buck Dharma Band. All right, that brings the end of part two of the Bloor's Occult Discography. Join me again, part three, where it gets a little, little more strange with the albums we're going about to talk about. I'm not too kind. Will is Will is kinder than me, but uh, it's a great one. There's going to be two more episodes as I look at. How much more I got to edit. It's uh, over two hours, so definitely going to make this a four-parter. So thank you so much, everybody listening. Thank you, everybody that shares my podcast every Sunday when I put it up. You all rule. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you if you're still hearing my voice right now. I love you. Till next week, smack a gob.